The thing about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. We probably don't even need the words, the Name Your Price tool, to tell you that our humpback whale pup gives you options based on your budget. Or that our novelty hand buzzer helps you save on car insurance. And that's the thing about the tiny felt bag filled with marbles. At this point, you've heard a lot of ads about the elusive northern bobcat. The Name Your Price tool. <clears throat> the neighbor who baked you banana bread. Only from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Dhamini, and you're listening to Gender Question. Here, we will look at an issue that's in the news using the lens of gender. The idea is to take a blind spot and throw some light on it. On October 19th, I was invited to be part of a panel discussion by Das which is a self-funded Goa-based collective and which organizes talks that promote critical thinking every week, now on Zoom but otherwise in a cafe in North Goa. Alok Gupta and Arvind Narayan, who are the co-editors of a seminal book called Law Like Love, Parmesh Shani, who is the author of the newly released book Kweristan and who has, of course, been a guest on this podcast, and I spoke about the queer movement and what it has been like to chronicle it, what changes have taken place in the past few decades in terms of the rights of LGBT persons. We also spoke a little bit about where we're at today, as four same-sex marriage petitions stand before the Delhi and Kerala High Courts. Listen in to edited excerpts. Welcome to Das, a Monday Fix with Das in Goa. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us. It's really exciting today because I see so many friends in the audience and today's panel is very exciting for me because it's very close to my heart. And, you know, Parvesh's book is giving us an opportunity to revisit the queer movement where it stands today. So much has happened in the last two decades, particularly in the last couple of years. And these sort of, we're trying to grapple with all these changes, uh, you know. And our panel is, is very interesting because along with Parvesh, we have Dhamini and Arvind, who are all chroniclers of the queer movement in India right now and have been. And, and it's interesting because I wanted to sort of mention, you know, that uh, possibly the first book uh, that was written about the queer movement as a sort of a political manifesto was written in 1992 by the late Siddharth Gautam. It was called Less Than Gay. And it argued for various things the queer movement needed to do uh, for LGBTQ inclusion. And, uh, and many of those, and sort of, I feel like they are crossing uh, that list that Siddharth Gautam left for us. Uh, so we've, you know, we've done away with 377 and Parmesh's book comes at a really great juncture where uh, arguing for corporate inclusion in the country or economic inclusion. Uh, uh, when uh, soon after Navtej, just in this year, four separate challenges have been filed uh, asking for same-sex marriage in India, three in the Delhi High Court and one in the Kerala High Court. And, uh, and it's interesting because... Uh, Less Than Gay documented a very important uh, story. It was uh, from 1988, where Leela and Urmila, two police constables from uh, Bihar, were part of an army battalion, uh, decided to get married. They were a lesbian couple who were in love, but they didn't do it secretly. They, did, they publicly announced their wedding. So they, they went to a temple, their families came, and they did a, a small ceremony. They exchanged garlands. And, uh, and of course, the entire battalion found out and the immediate consequence was they were both fired. There was no procedure followed, no, no show cause notice, no show cause notice was issued, no due diligence. They were asked to leave. 
Not only that, they were actually sort of the 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 bags were packed and they were left in the railway station in the night and instructed to leave that entire area and never to return. And writing in less than gay, Siddharth Gautam sort of expresses this sort of deep outrage that not a single person from the human rights community in the country spoke for Lila Nurmila. Not just for the even if were, there was a shame attached to the, the, their lesbianism, the public lesbianism, the fact that they were discharged without any due process. And you know, we've come a long way from that, from that illegality. And I think uh, you know, Parmesh's book sort of is situated in such a great juncture today because I think uh, the idea of corporate inclusion validates in many ways. And I think, and I want to ask Parmesh to comment on it, and all my other speakers as we go along, validates the claim for same-sex marriage and further inclusion and equality. I've known Parmesh for a very long time. Uh, in 2008, Parmesh wrote Gay Bombay. And what a journey, Parmesh, from writing Gay Bombay to writing Queeristan and your work with, you, can, you have Gay Bombay with you right now, wonderful. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, and just, uh, and your work with the Culture Lab and, you know, just, and, you know, reading the book has just been so exciting. I mean, the sort of the, just to see, you know, it's really interesting. I wanted to say that, you know, the narratives of inclusion and employment that we see from the West are about, are adversarial about LGBT people fighting in courts, asking for them to be included. And what you show us a really interesting method of dialogue that you actually start dialogue with people because inclusion can happen through dialogue. And what I think, and I think what's, what I love about the book is that it's a, it's a sort of a template on how to do these dialogues and obviously on your incredible energy to do these 100 meetings in a month. <laughs> Arvind Narayan is uh, my old friend and, and I, in many ways my mentor. And Arvind has written some really important, important documents on, uh, and important books on gay rights because I have a voice which he co-edited with Gautam Bhutan, uh, Law Like Love, which he, he and I put together, Queer Despite Sexuality, uh, also your entire summary of the judgment, which is a very important document you put out. Arvind and the Alternative Law Forum connects human rights work with sexuality rights in a way that very few, very few people in the country have done. At this point, Parmesh actually did hold up his book. Someone should take a picture of that, yeah. Documented different parts of what it means to be queer in India over the years. What I want to do in the next 10 minutes or so is give a very quick overview of the book and also read a small section as a way of opening up um, you know, possible directions that Dharmini and Arvind might want to go into. Or of course, we could go in completely different directions and then, you know, that's the fun of it, right? The book is essentially a big Bollywood style business book. Um, it's, you know, it's mass. And it was written with that intent as well. Um, and thankfully it has found multiple audiences um, which is also what, you know, we were going for as well, right? Queer people, straight people, it's already being used as a manual in companies to create better organizations and in business schools and MBA programs, especially. Uh, it's being taught as part of HR courses as well. And that's very much what one wanted to do. Um, and which is why I wrote it in that particular format, right? Of a memoir meets manifesto. Um, large parts of it are about my own life. Um, you know, and we start with that because I kind of wanted to take people on this journey um, by plonking them direct in the middle of action. In this case, in my life, um, thinking of Hema Malini coming down, um, you know, wearing a pink feather boa, singing Mere Naseeb Me, um, right? <laughs> so uh, clearly from that beginning, you, re you recognize this is not a typical business book. But in addition, there's also the background of law, 
you know, the various legal, you know, again, snapshots, not entire uh, elaborate theses, but snapshots, right? Uh, what are the various terms that we call ourselves in queer India? Uh, you know, our multiple queer histories, and in that, what histories are we not talking about as well when we historicize the movement? Um, so looking at all of this, all of this surrounds the spine of the book, which is essentially a business book, which gives you four reasons why inclusion is important, which is it makes you more money, it makes you more innovative, it you know, helps you attract the best talent and it improves your reputation. And then six steps that companies can do to become inclusive. So one chapter, one step and so on, right? Right from everything from partnership benefits, gender affirmation, active hiring, it's all there. Right? The title is very important. It's my affectionate title for an India um, that is queer friendly and inclusive. Now, it's not just an imaginary homeland. Um, in fact, um, I, I believe that we are creating facets of this inclusive India, whether in, you know, through our uh, attempts through the law, whether it's the increase in accepting parents, whether it's more and more colleges and schools being progressive and so on. Um, I've particularly chosen to keep the tone of the book deeply positive um, and optimistic with great intent. And there are many reasons for this. Um, first is, again, you know, I've, there are scholars and friends like Brian Horton and Anjali Arondekar, um, who I quote in the book, both of whom have written about how when we tend to write about queer India, um, you know, we need to get out of these tropes of suffering and misery and also talk about celebration, about fabulousness, about multiple ways of being queer and not all of them are linked to, you know, sadness in terms of experiences or outcomes, right? Um, and I think secondly is especially in the times that we're living in and especially for the audiences, which is, you know, business people, uh, people who are hopefully going to read this and change their policies, etc. I wanted very much the book to serve as a useful toolkit. And I wanted to do that by showcasing success stories. There's companies like Tata who are empowering the trans employees like Anubhuti, whose story is an, a vital one in the book, or the Lalith group of hotels who hired 100 queer people in the past two years, or state governments like Kerala, etc., which attempted with Kochi Metro to step up towards trans inclusion, um, or even individuals like Grace and so many others. I mean, Grace started the Sandeep Nagar Collective recently after this book came out. Parmesh then read out an excerpt from his book, a chapter titled, It's All About Loving Your Children, which, as you may well recognize, is a take on the famous tagline popularized by Karan Johar, It's All About Loving Your Parents. Following the reading, it was my turn to speak. I know you've invited me here to, to sort of talk about uh, chronicling this, and um, I'm more of a writer than a speaker, so I'm not going to take 10 minutes. I'm probably going to take, you know... <laughs> much lesser than 10 minutes but I think that I think that Parmesh's book and uh, uh, even in fact some other books that have uh, come out post the Navtej uh, uh, verdict uh, for instance Pavanthal's book had come out which is online offline where he talks about uh, you know um, activism in the 90s in eastern India um, I think the importance and of course the whole host of books that have come through the decades you know I think so that's uh, the importance of this of these books cannot be, I mean, stressed upon enough. And that's, I think, for two reasons, primarily, the way I look at it, and kind of also what informs why I'm doing what I'm doing or what I'm hoping to do. Um, so one is, in order to be able to understand where we're going forward as a movement, 
right? And what does what constitutes the movement? It's so important to kind of look back and see where we've come from. And uh, I think that the one thing that it is helping me to do, the question that I ask myself is actually how, how is it possible you know, that we're living in this world that we're living in right now? What is happening in this world right now, right? Um, in the 90s, uh, we've all read Less Than Gay, right? We've read that amazing manifesto, which was you know, brought out by the AIDS Peba Virodi Andulan, uh, authored by uh, Siddharth Gautam and other members of the ABBA. And I think that that particular document itself showcases just the compendium of um, just the worst kind of violences, right? That people from marginalized communities, including those who belong to sexually marginalized communities, gender marginalized communities, what they have been through. And here we are in 2020, 30 years later, right? And we're talking about same-sex marriage petitions. So, and you know, if you think about it, and of course, so chronicling the, so for me, actually, the journey is really about just chronicling all of these things that have led us to where we are today, right? Um, and of course, there is no way in which one can ever capture an entire movement. Uh, uh, and I think that uh, uh, books like Parmesha's are important because what they, what they do is that they're also testimonials. Because what, what Parmesh does is that he's also talking about his own activism, even as he's creating this manifesto for businesses, right? Uh, making a case for inclusion. But it's important because it's showcasing exactly what people have done in order to get here. So for me, that's where I you know, come in and I'm just sort of like, I'm riveted by this. One of the stories that I, I wrote a few years back was on Dominic D'Souza. For the benefit of our listeners, of course, you know, Dominic D'Souza was this 29-year-old. When he came back to India, he was on a ship. He was working with, uh, I think, the World Wildlife Fund. And he returned to his home in Para in Goa. And um, one fine day, you know, a policeman comes and asks him to come to the station. And uh, before he knows it, he's basically been arrested because, you know, a blood report he had given, he used to donate blood very regularly. So a blood report lands on the desk of the, from the medical superintendent lands on the desk of the police superintendent in that particular uh, area and reaches this particular para police station. He's called in because he's found to be positive. His struggles, right, against the state is only matched by his mother's um, sort of immediate, uh, uh, his mother's immediate sort of like, uh, connection with what is happening to her son, even though she may not have known too much about what HIV was or, you know, uh, so she read up about the law, you know, uh, she uh, reached out to some experts. Um, I remember speaking to uh, a theater teacher of uh, Dominic, uh, who, you know, narrated to me what all they did, how they, the process through which they went to learn about what's happening with Dominic and actually eventually come together, take out protests speak to, um, you know, the um, members of the parliament, uh, members of the le uh, legislature in Goa, you know, to, to tell them what is going on. I mean, how can you actually incarcerate somebody here? And so, and of course, Anand Grover then comes in, who then went on to, of course, lead the fight against uh, the NAS petition. So uh, it's these small connections that get made, right? And how uh, this 
sort of case progresses. Last year, I actually made a trip down to Para. You know, uh, I had no idea where Dominic lived. Um, you know, and I just wanted to see if his house is still there. I mean, you know, are his neighbors around? Do they, you know? And I ended up reaching the wrong neighborhood. And there were this, uh, or there were these uh, pair of old ladies who were, you know, sort of in this afternoon, sort of like driving by on their scooty. So they see me like, you know, looking pretty lost, and they're like, "Okay, where are you from? Where are you going?" And I tell them, you know, I'm looking for Lucy de Souza's house. Which Lucy de Souza, the one who went to Canada? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. This is not the place. Come, I'll take you. So <laughs> I'm ferried to the right house, which is now completely run down, and you know, I mean, there are brambles and bushes growing everywhere, and uh, so, and of course, there are lots of dogs, sort of like barking and like, you know, like, what's the stranger doing over here? Um, and. Uh, so I'm standing there and I'm trying to figure out, okay, where to go from here because everything is looking very sunsan. Plus, it's siesta time, it's Goa, and I'm like, what was I thinking, you know? And uh, suddenly, from nowhere, this lady comes out, and she's a neighbor of uh, Lucy de Souza and the family, and she invites me into her home and she starts telling me about Dominic and you know he used to bake cakes and he was like such a great chef and you know and her daughters, who one of whom actually happened to even be in the house then you know, sort of narrating to me how amazing Dominic was. So it's, it's exactly this. It's the chronicling of these little, little sort of, you know, events of these people, uh, the connections that they made. And I think that that is what uh, brings me to life. I think that inclusion comes in various forms. Um, and when we think about inclusion within the context of LGBT lives, right? Um, Marriage is definitely one of the aspects of inclusion. I mean, we know that there are four petitions right now, right? Three before the Delhi High Court, one before the Kerala High Court. I think it was Ruth Vanita who first talks about marriage in her uh, book called Love's Rights, if I'm not wrong, where she, she used this phrase, which I thought was actually very beautiful. She talks about how uh, in the absence of these rights, there is no social recognition of loss. And I think that that's very, very vital. It's very important to understand the lack of this social recognition and what it does, right, to lives. At the same time, I think that there needs to be uh, also a recognition of other kinds of um, other kinds of inclusion that is needed within communities. Parmesh talked about, you know, the reality of our lives. Uh, we have chosen families, right? Uh, we many of us are single. Right? Many of us belong to gharanas. So, I mean, so the idea of what constitutes family, the idea then of is family just centered around marriage? Um, if not, what are the ways in which one can imagine rights and inclusion that is about marriage and that is also about other kinds of partnerships? I think that is a conversation that I am deeply interested in finding more about because that is what the chronic the chronicling uh, has taught me chronicling all these stories has taught me is that it's actually been a fight for inclusion but it's also been a fight for recognition of existing uh, reality so essentially i think that if if this book if it ever happens <laughs> would not only look at the past and chronicling the connections. But I think also try and answer, okay, so how have we reached here? And now, now that we're here, where do we go? Stay tuned 
for more of this discussion in the next episode. If you have any questions, do reach out to me at the Red Dhamini on Twitter. You can also leave your feedback at HT Smartcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Bye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.